Welcome to Sidebar, Fine Laws Don't Judge Me's mini episodes. I'm Laura Temme and I'm joined by Joe Fawbush and Baby He Met the Hey hey. Very excited to talk about sports. Are you though? <laughs> it's <laughs> not even my birthday. I know. <laughs> it, it's like Brian Flores knew you would be recording this week and like planned his lawsuit to coincide with that to punish you. I don't well, think. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brian Flores had a much better reason to do what he did than just to make Joe happy. So, or Laura mad. Oh uh, yeah. So earlier this month, former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores filed a federal class action lawsuit against the NFL, alleging that the league discriminated against him and other black coaches, coordinators, and managers in its hiring, firing, and compensation practices. And as I understand it, this whole situation started with an oopsie text sent by Bill Belichick. Like, is that like still promised- a thing that people do where they text? The, like, what is this middle school? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I do this all the time, but I don't say someone's going to get promoted on accident. And I'm like, oh, right, no, right. No, I wasn't talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to put it all in context, let's go into some of the background before like what set this case up. Um, black head coaches in the NFL tend to have the most precarious hold on jobs with the most vulnerable teams and the most limited opportunities for a second chance uh, to get, you know, staffed somewhere else. So Mm. for example, last season alone, five black head coaches were fired. And it seems like one of the most compelling aspects of this complaint that Brian Flores has filed is just the factual narrative that it's setting out. So it, it traces a lot of the history of discrimination within the NFL from its very beginnings, which was a century ago. And back then, of course, like I said, few if any black players were on teams, let alone coaches. Um, in 1946, the LA Rams were new and they signed the first two black players into the NFL since 1933. And that was in response to some public pressure on that team as it prepared to move into the new Coliseum, the LA Coliseum, which was publicly funded. So the public was putting pressure on it. Um, And, you know, the the complaint traces all this. Brian Flores, who of course is, uh, is black and also, uh, also Latino, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, he was three days away from interviewing for the job of head coach with the New York Giants when he got a, Oopsie text from uh, from Belichick. I know this is a very serious situation. I just, just I have to make fun of Belichick a little bit. That's why I called it an oopsie text. Yeah, <laughs> Bill, like, dude, I, I don't know how your personal life is going, but maybe you have a burner phone for your wife or something. I Whatever you're doing. Oh. Just, you get a burner phone, man. Oh. <laughs> that was throwing shots. Um, or, dude, this is, there's a reason that we don't have personal use personal phones for work right um anyway anyway so bill sends basically this bill sends a text to the wrong person right uh, mm. he, he sends you know this text congratulating brian on getting uh, on getting the job but it turns out it was supposed to go to a different brian save last names bill save the last name um <laughs> it was supposed to go to brian dabble d-a-b-o-l-l which is who is a former offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, lots of Bills, lots of Bryans. Too many. <laughs> um, <laughs> realizing that the interview was a sham then, so, I mean, I don't know why it was... Laura, do you know why the whole interview was, like, apparently, like, a sham? Like, it was just, like, done as a courtesy? 
Well, that's that's what Flores is alleging. Yeah, right. because he he got this he got this text from Belichick three days before he was still scheduled to have an interview. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, and so, so all of a sudden he's finding out that someone else has been offered this job that he's and, n- hasn't interviewed for yet. And the interview is basically just to do lip service to comply with these non-discriminatory practices, um, just like on paper. Right. That's so, sure what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And so Flores was just like nah, this this is not cool. So he filed a suit alleging racial discrimination and he filed it as a class action with proposed class of NFL employees, including all black head coaches, offensive and defensive coordinators, quarterbacks coaches, as well as general managers and black candidates for these positions during the applicable statute of limitations period. So it's 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 a pretty broad broad class. Uh, those that are close to Brian Flores say that his lawsuit is in really keeping the mm. sense of like moral rectitude he learned f- growing up in in like a Brooklyn housing project from his family. He's so he's really you know I don't think he's trying to necessarily get money out of this, but it's he's it's really like a, a about it like a retributive like moral justice mm-hmm. kind of kind of statement. Yeah, the complaint definitely makes it sound like, yeah, we're, we're going for change here, not necessarily some sort of compensation. It does highlight right away the difficulty that a lot of people face when they're filing these sorts of suits. Uh, it, one mm-hmm. is that it, it's a very high visibility position. You know, people don't always know about who the executives are, but they do know about who the next head coach of their football team is going to be and there's only 32 Mm -hmm. jobs and by filing this suit is he ever going to get uh opportunity to coach again that's definitely a question um exhibit a is colin kaepernick who uh went Mm -hmm. through that controversy of kneeling several years ago and never played in the nfl again so for brian flores personally this Mm -hmm. is a lawsuit that's very high stakes well, and the NFL has been under scrutiny for this kind of thing for a really long time. Like back in 2002, Johnny Cochran Jr., who, I mean, we've talked about his dad before, I think, um, <laughs> and his uh, aptitude for rhyming. Anyway, um, so Johnny Cochran Jr. and several others released a report criticizing the NFL's hiring practices when it came to black coaches in 2002, which led to the formation of the NFL's diversity committee and the so-called Rooney Rule, Um, which was named for Pittsburgh Steelers owner Dan Rooney, who was the head of the committee. And that requires teams to interview at least one candidate who identifies as a minority every time they're hiring a new head coach. And that's been expanded to include coordinator positions, general managers, and other management positions. And other industries have adopted versions of this, including legal. We call it the Mansfield rule. Mm -hmm. And I I know, like in the wake of the Rooney rule and maybe still to this day, apparently like it was, it was intended as like a good, mm-hmm. it was intended to be like a, a rule that enacted change, but a lot right. of companies would, you know, give interviews, but they're mm-hmm. not required to actually hire. There's not like an actual hiring quota. So a lot of them would just do these like sham or, you know, nominal interviews just for the sake of compliance. Although I will say right after its implementation of the Rooney rule, they, there was an influx of black head coaches in the NFL. Um, so at least at first it seemed to be doing mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. it was intended to do. And then as the rule yeah. has gone on, it seems to, have become less effective. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and that's exactly what Flores is alleging in this complaint. He's saying that, you know, the yeah, the interview that he was given was a sham just to fulfill the Rooney rule. And he also alleges that the NFL subjected black NFL employees to discriminatory denial of positions, discriminatory retention practices, and unequal pay compared to white coaches, managers, and coordinators. And he, he his complaint also points out that since the Rooney rule was adopted, only 11% of head coach positions have been filled by black candidates. Meanwhile, 70% of players in the NFL are black. Mm-hmm. And there are also no NFL team owners currently who are black. And only one of the 32 teams in the league right now have a head coach who is black. Wow. And I that's, that's nuts to me because I was reading um, some report on how a lot of, uh, you know, black coaches who, who performed better, who took their team to, you know, more tournaments or bowls or whatever these sports balls words are. <laughs> I, I, I'm not using my lingo correctly. I'm clearly not a connoisseur of football. But, but basically white head coaches who performed a lot worse than black head coaches were still retained, mm-hmm. not fired, um, mm-hmm. despite not performing as well as black head coaches. Yeah. Well, and Flores also alleges that he was fired from the Dolphins for refusing to tank games. He says that, which it, yeah, the whole thing is a little uh, murky because he led the team to its first back-to-back winning seasons since 2003. But then he says that the team's owner, Stephen Ross offered him a hundred thousand dollars for every loss in the 2019 season seemingly to get the team to have the first pick in the next year's draft. And he says that when he refused, that's when he was fired. So. Yeah, that is, that is kind of uh, its own. I mean, the, the team's going to argue that he was fired because he didn't make the playoffs. And the mm-hmm. Dolphins do have a fair amount of talent on their team. So I think the argument is that he didn't perform to expectations. Of course, Brian Flores is going to allege that had a white coach had similar success. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was not a bad year by the Dolphins for by any mm-hmm. measure. It wasn't a great year, but it wasn't a bad year. And so he, his yeah. argument is that, you know, if if a white coach had had a similar year, he would not have been dismissed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um you yeah. know, one thing that I think is is interesting is that I think a lot of people, when they look at the NFL, they say, well, this is just kind of the state of things. It's a perform this year or you're done kind of a league and all. And it's very competitive and there's high turnover at every position. Um, But some Mm -hmm. of these statistics, you you certainly deserve another look, if nothing else. I mean, like you mentioned, if 70% of the players are black, um, you would Mm -hmm. think that a greater percentage of coaches would also be black. Right. And, you know, it's a lot of people are also saying, well, look, owners only care about money, which they've demonstrated time and again that, yes, they only care about money. Uh, but mm-hmm. I heard Ricky Williams, who was a running back for the Dolphins for many years, actually, he was on Bill Maher the other day. And he was talking about how it's it's not like they would refuse to hire a black coach if they knew that mm-hmm. it would bring in wins and money. It's that they're hiring people that they're comfortable with and there is no black owner of a football team currently. Um, All of Mm -hmm. the team owners are white and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be intentional for it to be discriminatory. Uh, You know, just because you've got good intentions doesn't mean anything if you're not treating people equally. 
So I just kind of wanted mm-hmm. to go out there and say I, I've heard football fans before. I read a lot of sports uh, stuff, and you know, so these are some of the arguments mm-hmm. that that the league is going to make and that fans are making. But um, you know, he's he's definitely got a a reasonable case going on here. So this also isn't like the first time that Flores thinks he's had a sham interview. Um, mm-hmm. When he was interviewing in 2019 for the Denver Broncos, the Broncos manager and others interviewing him showed up late and they were drunk uh, or like hungover. And so he uh, also thought, you know, Flores also thought he was only being interviewed as a formality because of the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, like Joe was saying, it's, it's, it's an interesting area of law because you don't necessarily have to show that someone, yeah, purposely denied him a job because he's black. It's a lot mm-hmm. of, there's a lot of elements to it. So let's talk a little bit about race discrimination in employment. And I want to give a shout out to one of our colleagues, Stephen Ellison, who wrote a blog about this. We can link it in the show notes. Um, he does a really good breakdown on this area of law. So Flores has to show that he has to show four things. One, that he is a member of a protected class, which he is, Uh, that he suffered an adverse employment action. So he either was fired or didn't get a job that he was applying for and that he was qualified for the job at issue and that a similarly situated employee outside the protected class received better treatment than he did. And that's the part where it's this sort of, well, it sure looks like it kind of a thing. And, and, And if the court finds that Flores has proven all of these elements, then it's on the NFL to offer a non-discriminatory explanation for doing what they did. Mm -hmm. And what he is seeking for in this injunctive relief, what Flores is trying to get back um, to cure the discrimination in a sense, Mm -hmm. the injunctive relief that he's seeking would hopefully lead to more policies um, and practices that are designed to counter this. Um, He's trying to maybe like create a committee to encourage black investment in NFL team ownership Mm -hmm. that would permit more black players and coaches to participate in the interviewing processes um, and also increase the objectivity of hiring decisions and firing decisions. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it remains to be seen if the NFL is going to negotiate a settlement or defend these claims in court or pursue other relief like arbitration. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to go similarly to what happened with that 2002 Johnny Cochran Jr. report mm. where they, they had this big pe- this big press conference and they said, OK, we've got this report that shows the NFL is not yep. is not doing well by its its black employees or black candidates. If you don't fix this, we're going to sue you. And and then they made the Rooney rule and then they made the it. Rooney rule. And so, I, yeah, I, I imagine maybe there'll be a Flores rule. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe there will. And interestingly, when they first proposed the Rooney rule, they were actually going to have a little bit more teeth to it. And they were saying, mm-hmm. if you were in violation, we're going to take away draft picks, which uh, for oh. owners is, you know, I mean, that's kind of the lifeblood of their organization and fans go nuts for mm-hmm. the NFL draft. Uh, so, there, you know, maybe yeah. maybe some of those rules will come back onto the table with this lawsuit. The owners nixed it because, yeah, it was there was too many teeth to it. Uh, so then they they just decided to say, okay, yeah. Well, you know, they would they. I don't know why that struck me as funny. It just did. Like this thing's got too many teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now picturing the Rooney Rule as a toothless old man. Which <laughs> yeah, I, that's actually a very good good. Yeah, I mean, because actually there have been allegations that has been violated by teams before. Um, John Gruden, who mm-hmm. was fired for actually inappropriate 
tweets and messages and things like that. Um, there was mm-hmm. when he was originally hired to the Raiders several years ago. Now there were some allegations that the team didn't abide by the Rooney rule or just kind of did it as a last second check the box kind of thing. Um, and mm-hmm. and the Raiders didn't get any pushback from it. They weren't fined even, which is what the Rooney rule calls for. And so, yeah, yeah. there's there's an argument now that the Rooney rule is just there and not being followed in spirit or even and sometimes by the letter. Yeah, well, how this pans out, I have a feeling this is going to be a, a drawn out case. It's going to take a while to mm-hmm. enact any changes, but yeah. hats off to him for trying. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Sidebar from Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. We'll be releasing these every other week between our full-length episodes. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear us cover, send us an email at finelawpodcasts at thompsonreuters.com. He says that the team's owner, Stephen Ross, offered him $100,000 for every loss in the 2019 season, seemingly to get the team to have the first pick in the next year's draft. And he says that when he refused, that's when he was fired. Dolphins should not be tanked. I am not a a (laughs) SeaWorld enthusiast. I think they should be set free. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was just low-hanging fruit. I'm done. (laughs) I'm taking my headphones off. I'm out of here.